Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hey there, 10 Minute Traders, and welcome back to the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And today, we have a special guest on the line, Rocky Horner, who is uh, one of the traders over at Simpler Trading, and she's going to come on the line today and, and share some of her wisdom with us. Rocky, thank you so much for, for being here. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com. Thank you for having me. It's a real honor. I appreciate it. Oh, I, I'm the one who's honored, honestly, to uh, to be able to have someone of your stature on the podcast. So what uh, what is your uh, well, actually, let's do this. Could you uh, maybe give the podcast audience uh, some of your background and history and, and introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. You know, I, I don't want to make it like sound too uh, much like, you know, people start realming Oh, professional traders. Let's keep it simple. I've been trading a lot of markets for a really long time. So <laughs> I mm -hmm. started off in the futures markets. I uh, did a lot of options trading early in my career because my father had given me uh, many shares of IBM. So I learned about covered calls and, and things of that nature. And I kept, you know, kept right on going. I started in high school, uh, got really serious in college, so serious that I almost flunked right out. And uh, oh, wow. kept right on, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I kept right on going. So I've been trading futures, stocks, options, everything for the better part of uh, 30 plus years now. Very cool. Well, I uh, I appreciate the fact that you and I have been able to connect today. Now, a little of my background, I've been trading since 2009, and I got into trading uh, options around 2015. And since then, um, I've been on a mission essentially to, to share options trading with as many people as I can. And the way that I, I look at it and the way that I've kind of built my platform is you don't have to be stuck to a computer screen all day, every day to be a trader. You can you know, once you figure out how to do it and what you're looking for and everything is in place, you can manage your portfolio in about 10 minutes a day without too much work. Uh, so so that's a little bit about my background. And so you've been trading for 30 years or so. What what are your specialties? Uh, what do you go to first? Well, I think I actually subscribe to a lot of your same mantras. I, I love the 10 minute side of things. I think if given too much time, if people stare at a computer screen they're going to find the results are actually going to be inverse to what they want. Less time is actually better. And I actually love your coffee before profits. So <laughs> ah, perfect. You are all over my website then. I have been. I have. Been. Awesome. What, what's your go to? Like um, my go to is is looking at options. What's your go to? Because you said you've you've changed sure. or not changed, but sure. you've tried a little everything. Sure. So if I'm looking at options, it's because I'm trying to take advantage of the volatility of a particular market. So, you know, I break everything down to price, time, volume, volatility. I think most folks probably do. Options are going to be a terrific way for me to focus on managing risk and taking advantage of volatility, whether that's being paid for it or taking advantage of it. Uh, but I think really my touchstone is going to be understanding what's going on with money supply. You know, that's going to help me understand what's happening with domestic and international growth. So how many dollars are getting pushed out there by the Federal Reserve and how cheap or how expensive are they? That's definitely going to be a, a touchstone for me. Uh, but I, I really like the futures and Forex markets. I think if you know where commodities and currencies are going, you've got a good grip on where the larger markets are going. 
Okay, so you mentioned money supply and the Fed. Now, the Fed this week said that they're going to be holding rates steady, at least for now. Um, and then the market was very favorable to that statement. Uh, is that what you would expect? I think what the market has received through January, and you're absolutely right. If you look back on January, we really had two pseudo rate cuts. The first one was January 4th, where, patient, where patience, the, the all-important word patience was uttered. And for those folks who may not know the history of that word, it is a secret code word, I'm not even being funny about it. There is a lot of importance placed on the, the head of the Fed uttering the word patience to the market because it does exactly what you said. It signals that they're going to pause, and it almost acted like a rate cut. You fast forward then to what we had on the 30th of January, and we finally had the statement change. The word gradual was taken out of the statement. And everybody went made a beeline for that rate statement to look at that second paragraph and did they change it? And that in turn, again, turned into like almost like another pseudo rate cut. So in four weeks, we've seen a lot of a shift in the dovish Fed from what seemed like an absolutely gonzo hawkish Fed in December. So, yeah, it's a very interesting bit of messaging to the market. And as I say, you can't fight the Fed. Interesting. OK, so so this is this is this is a good topic here. Uh, so we had the the massive sell-off in December, and now we're having uh, in January. I know we we bought back about seven percent or so, and then uh, we're starting February off to uh, on a positive note as well. Do you think this has uh, macro macro wise? Do you feel that this has a lot to do with those statements by the Fed, or do you think that there's other causes for that? Oh wow! So from a macro perspective, and I think you're bringing up two really great points here. So if we were to look at really what moves the market on a regular basis, what's out there in sort of mainstream media, which, quite frankly, I'm not a huge fan of, it's mm -hmm. these kinds of discussions that I think really reveal what's moving the market. And, you know, if we can look at the, the, the headline psychology, which has really been a big part of what's happening with U.S. and China or back and forth with, you know, build the wall, don't build the wall. It's not about politics. I don't want to turn anybody off, but there is a certain headline psychology tied to that. We have the fundamentals of earnings, right? So mm -hmm. whether or not we feel Amazon's earnings really justified the sell-off or whether Facebook is back or whether Microsoft's, you know, so we can do all that. That's that's fundamental. But to me, macroeconomically, if we look at the stage of the economy right now, we have been in a contracting inflation and slowing growth environment. Where arguably, I think they came to a head in Q3 of last year. Really? So okay. I've, I've been very much down on the equities markets since September of 2018. Mm -hmm. And of course, we had the the uh, the bounce on the 26th of December. I think that had a lot to do with year end and reallocation of assets. But really, that Powell put on the fourth is what continues to propel this market higher as it's doing battle with this 200. And we're going to see who's ultimately going to win. I think we have the, the technical resistance at the 200. And I think we have the Powell put momentum continuing to carry this market higher. Interesting. Okay. So I'm just taking a look at the chart here and I know the audience uh, isn't able to see this, but uh, what, what Raggy's talking about here is we just, uh, just took the uh, 200 day moving average back. And um, we, we also have a couple other moving averages that are pointing pretty much straight vertical. Um, do you, do you see that this, uh, you know, is, is a, a reverse, a reversal in the trend, I guess you could say, because now we're, we're, 
in what would be called potentially a, a bullish momentum now that we're we're over the 200? Or do you think that uh, the resistance would come into play and and maybe slow down or maybe even uh, reverse here? Because, I mean, we're in the early days of having captured that 200 back. Absolutely. So I think, you know, for, for the bears out there who are listening, if you're bearish, from a macroeconomic standpoint, I'm still quite bearish. Uh, with slowing growth, contracting inflation, we still have a tightening of the money supply with even though the FOMC is talking quite accommodatively, we still are coming off a recent rate hike. We're still unwinding the balance sheet at that 50 billion per month. So there is a, a money supply tightening. There is a, a tightening of the dollar. And, and all of those factors would typically have me very short any equities markets, not only in the U.S., but abroad. I'm short Germany. I'm short Italy. I'm short France and have been for many months mm. now, basically going back to September, October. But if we take a look at what's happening now, you know, if I were to lean on, you know, I think a little bit of Dow theory here, a broken uptrend or a broken downtrend doesn't mean we're trending in the other direction. I think what we're going to be looking at right now is possibly quite a bit of choppiness because starting in February, are we going to get another pseudo two rate hikes from the FOMC? We might get some news about U.S. China. You know, what are going to be what are those reasons that are going to keep the bulls happy? And that's why I'm very suspect of of where we are right now, because, you know, what are those reasons? What is, what is that headline psychology? What are the fundamentals that could keep us going higher? We know the Powell put is in, and we've now heard that they're open to keeping a larger balance sheet, and we know they're open to pausing. But now what, right? That's really the mm -hmm. big question. Okay. So, uh, very interesting. I appreciate your, your, your macro thoughts on this. This is great. Uh, I love getting, getting other people's perspectives and, you know, everybody, uh, has their own opinion and, and they traded, they trade those opinions. And that's what we see, you know, basically in the financial markets is everyone's showing their opinion with their dollars. So very interesting. I, I appreciate that. So, you know, as, as a trader goes into their platform and maybe they're looking to go long or maybe they're looking to go short, you know, you touched on it earlier and I want to circle back to that. Uh, I have been guilty of, and in the past, especially uh, starting out trading of staring at my screen and watching tick for tick uh, movements in the market. And I, I actually watched a couple of your videos on the internet today uh, talking about the, uh, it, it was your, was it the power dots and a formation right at the open where, uh, man, I, I wish I could remember. I could probably pull it up on YouTube, but the uh, one minute pattern for day traders. Oh, I sure. thought that yeah. was really interesting. Yeah. yeah, it was it was back in May of 2018. That was the video I watched. And I was like, oh, that's okay. pretty cool. OK, so, you know, macro obviously is going to be a big picture, right? I'm, I'm looking at a weekly or mm -hmm. a daily time frame. But the other part of my life is going to be when I feel that my edge it's going to be best being, say, a day trader on a one-minute, three-minute, five-minute chart. I'll shift gears, right? Mm -hmm. I think everybody knows we don't drive a car in one gear. I'm not going to trade on one time frame. So I'll, I'll adjust and I'll shift gears. And if I need to shorten that time frame to a one, I think one of the best things we could do right now is be bullish on the short-term time frames. Really, almost every morning I wake up as the day trader in me, and I'm and I'm bullish nearly every single morning because of what's happening with certain key moving averages and, and moving mm -hmm. averages that I watch like the eight, the 13, the 21 exponential. And if they're in the right order, you know, if we're going to be moving higher, I want the eight to lead the charge followed by the 13, followed by the 21. I think that's pretty tried and true. And I'll look for momentum to the upside with something I call grab candles. And that's a color coded candle that I use 
to visualize momentum and trend in, I think, a really easy way with adherence to Dow theory. Okay. And could you, uh, could you explain the Dow theory to the audience? Mm-hmm. So there's many, there's many facets of Dow theory. There's a lot of tenants, I should say. But the one that I, that I utilized the most is the fact that Dow talked about four distinct market trends. Accumulation, which is a sideways narrow range. Distribution, which is a choppier, more unpredictable, wider sideways range. And then mark up and mark down, which is just an up and down trend. And I think what happens to a kind of a mainstream media conversation is the markets are either heading up or they're heading down. Mm-hmm. But but Dow would have told us 100 years ago, no, we have these little sideways markets where the market's trying to figure out what's next. And that's distribution, the wider choppy or accumulation, the more narrow. I actually think we're in much more of a choppy environment right now, not truly yet an uptrend. And I know that might sound crazy with how much we've rallied, but I'm looking at it from stepping back, you know, like say on a daily time frame, where I would say this is more chalk, but on say a one or three or five minute intraday, I've been quite bullish day to day. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Um, thank you for, for going through all that. So would you would you consider the Dow theory applicable to uh, daily charts only or intraday, like you were talking about one, three and five minute candles? I mean, I think philosophically people can apply them however they'd like. You know, Dow never really put this together. It was all posthumous. So people have decided, you know, what they want to do with it. I would say that it would help every kind of market participant, day trader, position trader, investor to understand the psychology of what he shared. But I think the market trends make a lot of sense. I mean, if I could talk about distribution, accumulation, up and down trends on a one minute chart as as well as I could on a weekly. So it really depends on, you know, what time frame that trader is looking to engage. You know, if they like shorter term time frames, if they want to stay very nimble and they're a little bit less risk tolerant in terms of larger losses, those shorter time frames make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But longer term, you know, that might be a little bit more macro that might be following a larger trend. Okay. Okay. So what's on, what's on, what's on Ruggie's plate right now? What's on her watch list that she's looking at thinking this is a good opportunity for, for maybe the long or the short side? Sure. So one of the things that I've basically been doing is, is building a, a portfolio longer term. You know, my, my, my longer term portfolio has a lot of gold, uh, 30 year bonds, uh, long us dollars, uh, even a little bit here and there long yen. Uh, I've been getting into housing, long housing, so most of the, most of my portfolio is long gold and, and long bonds. And that's that's the longer term, say, more of a thematic six months plus type positioning. But mm. shorter term, shorter term, I wake up every morning and I'm looking at which sectors are leading the charge higher. Financials, energies, communications, um, you know, tech. What is it? And then I'll shorten the time frame down to a, a one minute chart, three minute chart, and I'll just follow the trend usually till about 11.30 a.m. Eastern, and just put in some day trades, typically after the bell rings, look at what kind of clearing range type uh, patterns you might have. So, you know, I kind of manage this very short-term trading part of my life with a longer-term sort of portfolio view macro part of my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, actually, um, if you don't mind, I'd love to share a gold story with you. Uh, last summer, I, uh, I thought I knew what I was doing. Because, you know, we all get to that point where we get really uh, confident and it may be to our detriment. Uh, <laughs> but last summer in June, I went long gold 
and it was the absolute worst trade I've ever made. I mean, it's it was like the day I put it on was the day it decided to just roll over and die. And I think it dropped about $200 in the time that I was holding it. And I was like, okay, 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 enough's enough. I got to get out of here. I was, uh, I was long GDX and long uh, GLD. And both of those, they cleaned me out. I mean, it was, it was the, the biggest, worst trade I've ever made. And, you know, I, I, uh, I learned a lot from it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's interesting. And, and it reminds me of a saying that, uh, and, and actually, I think you had the right trade, but too soon. And there's, there's something that we all find from time to time is there's no, there's no benefit to being right by ourselves, being the mm, only yes. one, right? And I think you were probably right in the fact that gold was going to be a buy. Like, for example, in November, you know, I was preparing my traders to start buying housing. And the, and the consensus would be that would be the worst thing in the world, construction, ITB or XHB. But in reality, it was just we were too, you know, we had to wait until the timing is behind us. So, you know, it's funny. You're, you, I was looking at gold around the same time and and I'm waiting as emerging markets are melting down. And you might have seen the same thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, how is gold not moving up higher? But I think it's just one of those things where, you know, you fast forward 60 days and you were really right. You, know, you fast forward to mid-August. <laughs> and so it's a matter of, OK, I had the right idea, but did I have the timing? And so, no, kudos, because, you know, look. Even though you were wrong, you were right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Somebody has validated me because that ha- I've lost so much sleep over that stupid gold trade. And uh, oh, yeah. OK. Thank you. Appreciate that. I, I, I was trying to find all the silver linings I could. So you just added a couple more silver linings. You were just so right you by yourself. That. Yeah, you were just yes. right. Here, 60 days, 60 days too soon. I mean, literally 60 days too soon. Yep. And, you know, I one of the things I learned on here, I, I had historically been a contrarian trader where if something's going up. Hey, you know what? I'm going to look to short it just to, to see if it'll go down. And uh, it, it, one of the biggest takeaways I took from that was there is no reason to be a historical trader when there is a beautiful, glaringly obvious trend that you should be riding. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, uh, I learned a lot from that. So you mentioned housing. What vehicles are you are you going long in that? You mentioned ITB and XHB. Are, are those your two for that? Right. So normally, if I don't want to have to pick a winner, normally I'll crack open an ETF, take a look at the heavily weighted names within it, determine who's leading the charge higher, who might even be leading the charge lower in case I did want to short that ETF. But right now, I think I'd rather just bet on all the horses. So what I'm doing is just going broadly with the ITB and the XHB. Okay. And, Are and you that has also, to do with bonds, by the way. That has to do with bonds. Bonds have got okay. to keep moving higher to make that work. Uh, which would mean yields lower. Correct. Okay. So so you are you anticipating rate cuts? The bond market is, right? So this is where I want to, huh. you know, uh, the, I believe the bond market likes to project a quarter or two ahead. The bond markets broke out. Uh, back in November through their 200, we were talking about the 200 earlier, you know, the bond markets broke out above the 200. That's when we started building that long housing narrative and, and started picking our spots, getting long at the bottom of the range. But yeah, I, I do think the bond market continues to say that this FOMC, the, the current dovish tone that we've got is going to probably culminate with at some point, I don't know if it's going to be this year. I don't even need to bet on that. Um, but I think the bond market is saying that pretty clearly. So, okay. Very interesting. That's the first time I've heard that. Uh, whenever you're going along these vehicles, you mentioned uh, long gold, bonds, dollar, housing, 
and oh, we just talked about bonds and um, and everything. Are you what what is your vehicle for this? Are you going are you going to a future? Are you going to stock? Are you doing covered calls? Are you selling puts? What what is your go to strategy in that case? Sure, uh, you know primarily I'm a futures trader, but I uh -huh. do understand there's that pain in the neck of having to rotate out of one contract into another mm -hmm. and dealing with rollover. So for the most part, when I'm building a longer term portfolio like that and not just trading. I'll look at GLD for the gold market. I'll look at UUP uh, for the dollar or shorting FXE. But I know mm -hmm. some people just want to stay long. So UUP, I'll look at the TLT for, for bonds. And of course, ITB, XHB. Um, so that's, and I'm also looking at utilities. I've been in and out of long utilities. So, you know, I Is that XLU? XLU. So mm -hmm. I'm definitely building, you know, out of, out of um, secular into cyclical, you know, that there's been an interesting rotation, but I'm definitely defensive. I'm looking defensive still. Okay. Interesting. Oh, this is great. Thanks for, uh, uh, you know, peeling back the layers on this and uh, getting, getting deep with us on these. These are great. Okay. So what do you feel would be, I'm trying to think of this on the fly. What do you think, um, maybe over the next uh, 60 days or so um, would be a, a, a nice conservative play for the audience out there. Oh, wow. You know, I think if the audience wants to just continue to ride this Powell put, I think a lot of people have heard about the uh, Powell put at this point. I think Powell's definitely stepped in and said the markets won't go down for two reasons. I think one, he wants to keep his job. And, and number two, <laughs> and number two, he's a capital markets guy. You know, he, he's not an economist like the previous Fed heads have been. And um, he, he's going to be listening to the markets. And I think he's succumbed to the markets and arguably the executive branch. We could, you know, kind of go round and round with that. But mm -hmm. I think there's also a Powell call in the VIX because he doesn't want to see that VIX rise too rapidly. So as long as Powell can be the answer to every bit of disappointing earnings, every bit of news about the slowdown in China, Italy just went into a recession. I think Europe is on the precipice of one. If the market just will continue to believe in this Powell put, it's really difficult for me to tell traders to not buy pullbacks in this market, even though from a macroeconomic standpoint, it frightens me. So what I'm going to do is go with the safer play. Buy pullbacks in gold. Continue to stay long gold. I think that's going to be the way to go. All right. I'm going to have a hard time with that one. <laughs> well, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious. How so? No, just just uh, for the fact that gold and G or GLD and GDX stole all my money last year. Oh, so, so it's it's personal. Oh, I it's get personal that. Personal between I get me that. and them. Yep. I get it. I get. It. I have a story like that with the British pound. And oh and yeah. I get it. Oh sure. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Well, uh, Raggy, I, I, that really covers everything I wanted to go over today. Um, where could uh, where could the audience find you if they're if they're looking to have questions or learn more about you and what you do for Simpler Trading? Sure. So, I mean, if, from a content perspective, everything I do is over at Simpler Futures or SimplerTrading.com. You could go to either URL and check out the free content that we put out. We put a lot of free content out on our YouTube channel. Uh, so simpler trading over at YouTube. So you could do that as well. And then you can find me on all the different social. I'm on Twitter at Roggy Horner, Instagram at Roggy Horner. Um, so, you know, wherever you want to find me, but uh, there's plenty of content out there, but simpler Perfect. features is where I hang my hat. Yep. Okay, great. All right. Really. Thank you so much for, for coming on, uh, on the show today. I'd love to have you on in the future again to, to talk more about this, 
these macro standpoints here, especially uh, as things develop. You never know. The, the PAL put may just fall apart. And we'll be buying puts instead. So you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call me back when we figure out what we're going to do with that 200 <laughs> DMA. It'll be a great conversation. Yes, yes, that will be great. Okay, so um, again, Rocky, thank you so much for coming on today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Make sure to come back tomorrow for more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster, trade smarter, and I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. I know you're a listener, but are you a watcher? Make sure you head on over to YouTube, type in 10 Minutes Stock Trader, and subscribe to the 10MinutesStockTrader.com YouTube channel. Every week, I upload all the podcasts as full videos, and that way you're getting the full 10-minute trading experience. That way you can have all the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. Make sure you subscribe to whatever podcast app you're listening to and leave me a five-star review if you don't mind. That would be fantastic. And whenever you're done with that, head on over to 10minutestocktrader.com and download the one-minute options trading quick start guide. It'll give you all the tools, tips, and tricks that I use in my own portfolio, and it never gets outdated, and it will apply to every single options trade out there. So I think it'll be pretty useful for you. And while you're there, check out the free portfolio page. That'll show you everything that I've traded over the last year in full transparency. And since you're on the website already, check out the free trading course. In this free trading course, I give you every single thing that I know and use in my own portfolio, and I definitely think it'll help you out too. And then after you're done there, head on over to tastyworks.com and sign up using the code 10MINUTE, that's 10-M-I-N-U-T-E, and I'll send you over $150 in free 10-Minute Trader exclusive bonuses from 10MinuteStockTrader.com. And most of all, thank you so much for letting me be a part of your day. I really appreciate the fact that you and I have connected today and that you've chosen to put me inside your earbuds. That means the absolute world to me. And thank you so much for stopping by. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. TimInstockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice, tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. TimInstockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10 legal. And thanks for stopping by.